Welcome to the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, where we help personal trainers, studio owners, and fitness enthusiasts get financially strong. We're here to show you that managing your money can be even more fun than hitting a new one rep max. And the best part, you already have the skills to do it. We're your hosts, Kelsa Dickey and Jill Emanuel. We love talking about money as much as we love hitting that new PR or talking about our favorite protein fluff. Welcome to the show. All right. Hopefully you are excited to become a plan maker with your money and see just how crucial of a foundation that is. In this episode, we're going to talk about becoming a goal maker, the next phase. And I want you to ask yourself, why do you care about managing your money better? Why are you even doing this to begin with? Why is it important to you to gain control and create a plan with your money that you love? You have to desire better for yourself. Only if you desire something enough will you find the motivation to do something hard or uncomfortable. Let me share a really simplistic example with you. The other day, it was late. (laughs) I was all cozy, getting sleepy. I was just chilling and relaxing in my recliner. I was cozy and comfortable in my pajamas. I had a blanket. I had my legs up. I was just so relaxed physically, mentally. I mean, you name it. It was bliss. But I was thirsty. And I had this thought that I wanted a drink of water. That was my desire, right? To quench my thirst but my glass was empty. I was so cozy and my desire for water at that point just wasn't intense enough. I was just a little thirsty, right? So the thought of disturbing this absolute comfort that I had going on in order to get up and fill my glass so I could take a drink of water was just not gonna happen. My desire for water was not strong enough. Fast forward, some time goes by, I'm getting more and more thirsty. After a while, regardless of how comfortable I was, my desire for water became so important, it became so strong that I was willing to give up my comfort. I was willing to sacrifice the cozy position I found myself in so that I could get what I wanted, a drink of water. So my question for you again is, what do you want? What is your glass of water? What do you want so badly that you'll do anything to make that happen for yourself. Now you gotta dig deep. You gotta want it in a really strong way. So what do you really want? Mm -hmm. Yes, such a great example, Kelsa. So some of you might be saying, well, I really wanna get out of credit card debt. Okay, if that's what you're saying, that's great. That's awesome. We want you to get out of credit card debt too, but don't be saying that because it's what you think you should be saying or what you should want for yourself. If what you really want is that you wanna go on an international vacation every single year and not stress about the financial impact of that decision, then that's what you actually want, right? Like the Mm -hmm. debt is just one thing that's along the journey. It's part of the how that you might make it possible to go on international trips every year. But what you really want is that travel. It's not to get out of debt, right? Mm, Absolutely. 
that's a big differentiator, I think, of how we look at money and how we look at personal finance compared to a lot of other financial gurus out there who tell you like debt is bad, you have to hurry up and get it paid off as quickly as possible. For some people, sure, that's what you really, really want. It stresses you out, it causes you a lot of discomfort, getting it out of your life as quickly as possible is the best thing. Yeah, or maybe the debt is the thing that's stopping you from fulfilling that dream of yours, right? right? But not always. There are times where it's like, no, what we want is this thing and we can get that. Right. And the debt is there. And still be making progress, but maybe just a little bit slower progress on getting the debt paid off. And that might feel perfect for you to find that balance between the two. There's not a right way necessarily that everyone has to do this. So we really want you to be very clear on your why is it important to you? Why are you doing this? What do you really want in your life, right? And on the days that you're feeling discouraged, we want you to revisit this, to go back to what is that bigger dream? What is that goal that you want in your life that you're doing all of these hard things for? Because that's what's going to keep you going when the journey gets tough. Absolutely. I think about how many you know, women are in the program that we're in for health and fitness, and some of them want to do a show, right? Or a competition. And what they are willing to do in the weeks leading up to that show might seem impossible for somebody else or not worth it, let's mm -hmm. say, to somebody else. But that person has a goal and it's to compete and to bring their best physique on that stage, right? For somebody else who doesn't have that same goal, then the how seems ridiculous, right? Right. But it's because you have to align all of your habits, the decisions you're making and the strategies we're using with what it is that you want at the end of that, right? right? So there are some challenges that we see clients make often when it comes to setting goals. And so we want to talk with you about some of these strategies that will hopefully help you to become an even better goal maker with your money. The first one is to not divide and conquer. So let me talk with you about what I mean when I say that. What we want you to do when it comes to your financial goals is to pick one goal at a time, throw all of your extra money to that one goal, keep doing that until you achieve that goal, and then you switch, pick another goal, and do the exact same thing. Essentially rinse and repeat. What too many people do is divide and conquer, but when it comes to your money, you divide all of your financial resources and you end up not conquering anything. At least you don't conquer it quickly. So how does divide and conquer show up and how are you maybe already doing it? Probably the most common that we see is somebody who, let's say you have five different credit cards and you are trying to get out of debt, so you throw an extra $100 to each of the five credit cards, okay? That is you're taking your extra $500, your financial resources, you're dividing it amongst five things, and that is going to feel like very slow progress, okay? What we would rather have you do is pick one debt, pay the minimums on the other four, minimum payments, and then take your extra 500, pick the one debt you wanna target, and you keep throwing all extra money to it until it's gone, and then you pick the second one. Another way this shows up is with savings goals. So if you've got, let's say, three different things you want, and so you divide your money and you save a little bit towards each three at one time. We want you to pick one goal. It forces you to prioritize. It forces you to ask yourself, what is it that I want more than anything else, right? Mm -hmm. And 
not only that, but when you are doing it that way, you achieve a goal much faster. So you celebrate, you learn to trust yourself even faster, you get excited, and you can see that it's not that I'm not going to achieve that second or third goal, it's just not yet, mm -hmm. right? But the sooner I get this goal achieved, so it encourages you to really maintain momentum, the sooner I achieve this one, the faster I'll be on the second goal. So it really keeps you going. Now, I do want to caution you because there is a third way that we see this happening. And you may be doing this too. And it, it is related to debt, but it's a little different. It's where if you are rounding up on all of your payments. So let's say your car payment is $365, but you always pay $400, right? Or your mortgage is a certain amount and you're always rounding up to the nearest dollar amount and all your credit card payments. Maybe you've got one that's like, you know, $92 and so you round up to 100 and you pay 100 every month. That is the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's you're trying to divide and conquer. I know it's really hard to pay the minimums on certain debts. Um, but I promise you, if you target one at a time, you become more focused, you gain faster momentum, and you achieve your goals faster. Yeah, it's really funny how that happens because psychologically, it feels so much better to be like, well, I always pay more than the minimum, right? Like I hear that from clients all the time. All They're like, the time. I always pay more, I'm doing the right thing. And it feels really good to say that. And at the exact same time, it feels defeating because they're always paying more, but never paying anything off. Yeah, and the other thing that we hear oftentimes with this strategy is people will say, yeah, but aren't the financials the same? Like, isn't the calculation the same? Or isn't the math the same behind it? And maybe, right, maybe it ends up being sort of six of one, half a dozen of another. The difference though is in the emotional or the impact on your energy that has the biggest difference. Your mindset, when you are focusing on one goal at a time, when you are prioritizing, when you are saying, I am committing to this one goal because this is the goal I'm saying is most important to me, I promise the shift in how you feel and how committed you are in tackling that goal far outweighs the financial part of this. Right, not to mention the faster you pay one thing off, the less bills you have to pay every single month. So it right. suddenly starts to feel like, oh, I have less to manage, I have less to think about. So the mental energy that gets cleared up in that way too is really beneficial. Absolutely. At Fiscal Fitness, we're obsessed with both fitness and finances, and we believe you can be excited about both too. We've helped thousands of people just like you transform their financial lives without giving up what's most important to them. If you're sick of the status quo, if you're done being on the hamster wheel, and you are ready to see just how easy it is to take the skills you already use to plan your nutrition, training, and overall fitness, and transform those into strategies for gaining control and confidence with your money, join us at becomeaplanmaker.com. The time to get financially strong is now. So one of the other things that we see that happens when people are trying to set goals, I have heard from so many clients over the years that they say, well, I'm just not good at setting goals. I'm not a very good like goal person. That doesn't come naturally to me. And when we start to dive into it and question, well, why do you think that is? What Tell me about what's happened when you've set goals before. Typically, their goals are far too pass-fail. So they set one target. At the end of the month, I'm gonna put $2,500 to this savings account, right, for example. And when they only put 
$2,200 to that savings account. Only. Let's do only in <laughs> only. air quotes, right? Yeah. Because how many people listening are like, I would love That's to incredible, right? We should probably do like a little caveat right here just for everyone listening as we're on episode nine. Let's now put a disclaimer in that whenever we give an example and we have a number, chances are that example applies no matter the number. Right. So when I talk yes. about, you know, budgeting 400 for groceries, your budget could be 4000 for groceries. Right. And the example is still intact, I promise you. Exactly. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> so for all of you high rollers out there who are putting $2,500 <laughs> to your savings goals, <laughs> right? But you only put 2200 they feel like they failed, right? So they'll be like, I didn't do it though. I did. I just had a client, this exact same thing happened with last week. She had dialed in what her spending was going to be. And we said, if you stick to X amount left for the remainder of this week, you can reward yourself by buying this necklace that you really, Ooh. really wanted. She'd been eyeballing it for months and really wanted this necklace. And it's not even an expensive necklace sure. by any means, but it's like, just something that would feel good to her to like splurge a little and bit. And let's create a game out of it, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. So we set this goal. I saw her on Tuesday a couple days ago, and she said to me, oh, I didn't do it. My daughter band started for school, and we had to pay for the rental instrument, and I didn't know that that was coming and something that we had to start this week, and it was $27 that I did not have planned on my budget. So now I can't get my necklace. And I was, you know, everything else though was totally in line. In oh, fact, she had yeah. like underspent a little bit on her groceries and gas and everything else that she had set the goal around. And so, no, you still did it. You still did it. Like we've talked about, you can't plan for everything, right? Every right. now and again, there's going to be something that comes up. But when we have this very, very rigid pass fail, we almost are reinforcing constantly that I'm not good at something because we rarely are going to hit exactly mm -hmm. the target that we set for ourselves, right? And so if we're setting ourselves up in that way, we're mentally, psychologically training our brain to believe, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I'm not successful. I fail at setting goals. I don't reach my goals, which is not the message that we want to be I'm programming. Bad. I'm bad at money. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's like we want to be training ourselves in the exact opposite way. So we need to reframe the way that we set goals and target it in a different manner. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we'll do with clients is that we teach them how to set goals using a good, better, and best benchmark. Mm -hmm. So. We'll talk about that a little bit because I think this is really good for all of you to be able to implement. You can do this with your financial stuff. You can do it with your fitness goals also maybe mm -hmm. each month. I mean, anything that you want. Any area of life. This works beautifully. Yes. So let's start with good. Setting a good goal is really setting a goal that you can see very clearly something would have to go very wrong for this not to happen, mm -hmm. right? So like the good goal you can see playing out and as long as every nothing like crazy happens everything flows normally you should be right on track you're going to hit your good goal so let's say that we're looking at the month and you can see that you've got $500 easily at the end of the month that you can put towards your goal right and you probably have a little bit more than that mm -hmm. so it would be good to have $500 that you can put towards your goal you can write that down please write down your goals, yeah. put them somewhere where it is concrete so you can actually see it because 
surprise, surprise, we forget what we thought last week. <laughs> <laughs> we're all just a little busy with a lot of things that we're coordinating right? in our brain, right? Yes. yes. We have to write them down. So I know people will be like, what did you do yesterday? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. If I don't write my goals down, it changes from day to day. So yes. I have to have it somewhere that I can reflect on and look back to. So write down, if you're setting your budget for the month, how much money you think you have to put towards your goal. Good level is I can easily see I have at least $500 to put towards this goal. Write it down. Good goal, $500. Yeah, so that's like the obtainable. It's very obtainable, right? Something would have to go very wrong for that not to happen. Got it. So your better goal is a little bit of a stretch. Like you can still see how that's very possible to work out, but a few things would have to line up in your favor, right? Like your electric bill is gonna have to come in a little bit low for that month. Maybe you work an extra hour or two of overtime or you have you know an extra client that comes on and you bring in a little extra revenue. Like a few things will have to go in your favor, but it's not such a stretch, right? Like it's probably still attainable if a few things work in your favor. I think about the better goal, your client example from Tuesday is perfect, where it's yeah. like she she maybe just needed to pay a little closer attention. She needed to be a little bit more right. mindful maybe of her decisions in order to achieve a better goal. Right. Right. Like that's yeah. all that is. It's right. not to say you have to like go crazy right. and like come up with all these unique strategies that no one's ever heard of right. or anything like that. You don't need to like launch a new program in your business. Nothing like that. It's right. just you know, maybe I just need to like step up my game a little bit, really bring my A game right. to this effort, right? Yes, exactly. So you're putting extra attention, a little extra effort, but with that attention and effort, you could attain your better goal, right? right? So write that down. Maybe it's $750. You could figure out an extra 250 over the course of the entire month if you are really paying attention and giving it your best, right? So then we've got your best goal. Now your best goal is the how the hell is that supposed to happen goal? Okay. <laughs> like, there's no way. There's no way. There's this no way. is the goal that you're like, I would be doing backflips if this thing happened, and I have zero idea how this would actually work out. Like, my grandmother would have to send me a gift in the mail that I was totally unexpecting, and, like, I don't know, I would have to find a $100 bill in the parking lot while I was walking to my car from the grocery store. Like, <laughs> and, and this is really the point, is that, like, it really something completely unusual has to happen. And when you set it, you do not know what that is. Right. There's nothing practical necessarily about this goal. Right. So your best goal is a total stretch. And that's exactly what we want it to be. We want you to write down a dollar amount towards the goal that you're working towards that seems completely unattainable in the moment that you're setting it, mm -hmm. which I know seems really messed up, right? <laughs> I think because I've been doing it for so long, I love, I love the it. best goal. Yes. Like, I love setting it. I love I, putting that out into the universe. Right? Yeah. If you don't shoot for the moon, right, guys? I mean, yeah. you gotta you gotta put that goal out there. So you want it to be a stretch. You want it to seem a little bit unpractical, a little bit unrealistic. But the idea is to write it down in this moment and know that man, if I hit that goal that would be something to be really proud of, mm -hmm. really freaking proud of, really excited about. Because let me tell you. Oh my gosh, yes. I see time and time again that we get two or three weeks into the month and my clients blow past their best goal and they say, what? <laughs> right? 
I love it. I think one of my favorite, if somebody were to ask me, like, what's your favorite part of financial coaching? Yes. Like, what is one of the favorite things that happens? I think it is when a client achieves their best goal. Yes. Because it feels so unrealistic, not practical. They kind of write it down. They're like, I don't know, I'm doing this because Kelsa said to do it. Like, you know, not a lot of belief, but they're doing it. Right. And then they hit it, and it's like, in, How? And the the point of hit, writing it down and identifying your best goal is because if you didn't, then it would have could have happened, and you wouldn't have acknowledged right. just how incredible that is. Yes. Right. So yes. it like draws the line in the sand. Exactly. Of like anything over this is freaking badass. Right. Yes. Exactly. So you're robbing yourself of the opportunity to celebrate and acknowledge all of your hard work every time that you're not doing this. Right. I had a client this week. We did this exact same thing, set her revenue goal for her business. At the beginning of the month, we put these numbers down, put her best goal. She's like, I don't see that happening, right? Like, I don't see that happening at all, but we're putting it out there, really hopeful to hit that better goal. We saw each other two weeks later, and she was $600 over her best goal. Oh my gosh! She started crying in the session just with just unbelief and pride and just feeling so happy to see that things were turning in that direction for her business that she could really finally acknowledge all of the hard work, the effort that she was putting in, seeing the growth that was happening that she did not believe was even possible for herself. Oh, I love it. And I also just want to say too, like as if you are a business owner, if you are listening to us, you're a personal trainer, fit pro of some type, studio owner, you have to set best goals. You have to set good, better, and best goals because something transforms in the business owner when they do this for themselves. And you can set goals around anything. It does not have to be a dollar amount. So if you're a studio owner and you wanna gain some new trainers at your place, right? You can set a goal like, okay, in the next six months, I wanna add two new trainers, five new trainers, or 10 new trainers to my team, right? So that would be your good, better, and best goal. So it can be a number like that. Right. It can be a timeline. So it, you can say, I wanna get out of debt by September, by October, or by November would be like a good, better, and best goal. So it doesn't have to be necessarily just a dollar amount. Right. So, But if you are a business owner, you've gotta start setting good, better, best goals. Yeah, it definitely shows you what is possible. It drives your action. Once you start seeing that you're hitting those, you challenge yourself to do more. The growth that happens is exponential. It is amazing to see what happens. It's kind of like when you, do a lift, right? And you're like, oh my God, I just hit a PR, right? Right. And then your coach says, you can go up five pounds. Ah! And you're like, what? <laughs> I can't. And then the next day you do it, or let's maybe not the next day, but like the next week and you do it and you're like, oh my God, right? right? Like it kind of blows your mind. Yes. That's what this is all about. Yes. So we really think you have to become effective at setting goals and actually achieving them to prove to yourself what is possible. And that's how you begin to trust yourself along the way. So we need to have this repetition month after month where you start to see, even if you're just hitting the good goal, which is not just, okay, let's be clear. It's not a bad thing to be hitting your good goal. It's a great thing to be hitting it and to be proving to yourself, wow, I did that. And then the next month you can say, hey, I did that again. And the next month I did that again. Our brain puts all of those into a little file. And every time it asks us, am I good with money? It has to be able to resource or reach in and find those files that says, 
Yes, there's proof right here. Look, we've done this the last three months and we can do this again. But if you're not setting those goals for yourself and your brain tries to search for the file that says, have we actually reached any goals? And it's like nothing to be found. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> then how are you going to develop that trust and confidence in yourself? So start setting these goals, put them out there, write them down, be very clear about them. And that way you can begin to build the trust in yourself and the confidence to chase those bigger dreams in your life and make them a reality. Absolutely. And once we set goals and we start to trust ourselves setting goals, then dreaming becomes possible, right? Because dreaming is not practical. And so if you aren't even setting sort of impractical goals to all of a sudden start dreaming again, that's a huge leap, right? To go from not managing your money, not planning Mm -hmm. your money, not setting goals with it, but now I want to dream with it, right? right? Which is why we have these various stages. People dream less and less and less as you get older oftentimes. And it's because if you don't have a good system in place or a flawed way of managing your money or a flawed way of setting goals, you feel defeated after a while, you know? Instead of like, yes, I'm capable, it's I can't do this, so why even bother to dream bigger than what I have right right now Why am I gonna set myself up for disappointment? I'm tired with disappointing myself. Why put this out there? I can't do it anyway. Exactly, and when it comes to setting goals, we don't know what is a good goal, what is realistic, what is obtainable if we don't have a plan, Mm -hmm. right? Which is why you've gotta become a plan maker first. That's our foundation that informs our goals and it also helps us to know what is a stretch goal right right and then once we set goals and we start achieving them and we get really good at that then we can become a dream maker and this is why the clients we work with accomplish amazing things in their life they transform their life in big ways because they start with a plan they handle any hiccups that arise They set goals and they learn to achieve them. They learn to trust themselves. And then they start dreaming and making those dreams a reality. In the next episode, we're gonna show you how to become a dream maker with your money. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, remember to hit follow, leave a review, and share us with your favorite gym buddy. For more money strategies and to follow Maya and Kelsa's own fitness journeys, follow us on Instagram. Search Jill underscore fiscal and fit and Kelsa underscore fiscal and fit. And if you're ready to gain control and confidence with your money, join us at becomeaplanmaker.com. See you.